Welcome, beautiful you, to Girl on Her Moon, the podcast. My name is Jordan and I invite you to join us as we connect, share our experience and become one for a moment. From topics like self-worth, creativity, expression, intuition and soul, to astrology, numerology, tarot, energetics and more. And then the topics that are undefinable and ungraspable. Exploring what it means to be alive, to be rooted in both our divinity and humanness, and returning to the space where they are one. Thank you for being on this journey with us. Hello, lovely. It is Jordan here. And I wanted to say a quick hello before jumping into this beautiful episode with Dominique. I've had some really nourishing time off, and this conversation was such a gift for my heart and for my entire body to step back into this space and I can only hope it is just as nourishing for you. It is such a gift to have this vast array of incredible humans share their magic here and this journey just keeps reminding me of how much we are supporting one another, all adding our gifts and our magic into this big beautiful ecosystem of life. This ecosystem that can only work when we're each coming from that place of self, of being rooted in our unique essence, the gifts that are ours and ours only, the things that we can add into life, that only we can add into life. That is how we support, that is how we thrive. And it shows us the perfection in uniqueness, in difference. It wouldn't work if we were all the same. There would be no color. There would be no variety. There would be no movement, no art, no magic. And so I hope this reminds you of your so needed and unique and solidified place in this world. I hope it reminds you that you don't need to step outside of yourself in the name of belonging or worth. Your worth is in who you are. Behind all the facades and the outer layers, your worth is in who you are. And even though this journey with the podcast is still new, I think that this is a message that will continue to shine through as we have or as we extend the variety of people here sharing their unique color or, um, on this case today, their unique sound. And I'm humbled each and every day to get to be a part of that. I also wanted to touch on something throughout this coming episode. Dominique mentions a Sekhmet training on emotional healing, sovereignty, free expression, and this feminine force that lives within each of us. And this training is a beautiful workshop that Dominique has created just for our Flow with the Moon members. It is a workshop, a meditation, a soul journey, and sound healing all wrapped together in this beautiful offering for us to reveal and come into deep intimacy with our personal, authentic power and expression. I have such a deep respect for Dominique's reverence to the power of the feminine and it was it was really nourishing and such a gift just to be in the presence of it. And so if you resonate with what we explore today, you know where to find out more about our Flow with the Moon membership. I will leave some links in the show notes as we are also creating February's rituals and energy play and practices. 
um, as well as our astrology class of the month, which is on the seven hermetic principles and how they shape the foundations of astrology. This membership is our sacred space of reverence to our bodies, to our intuitive nature, to the moon, to life and to soul and to the beautiful unfolding of our divine and very human paths. And so I hope you enjoy this conversation. I've also popped Dominique's links and socials in the notes if you want to connect with her too. Enjoy. Hello, Dominique. Welcome to the podcast today. I'm so excited to have you on. Hi, it's lovely to be here. Good. I was, I, excuse me, my excitement's taking over. We, we just chatted briefly um, about just how huge it is to be able to use our voices in this authentic and expressive way. I think it, like for me, it feels like I'm at a um, a tipping point where this, where my voice and where healing and expression and liberation through my voice is only just starting to become available. So this conversation is perfect timing. Um, but I think that in general, Allowing oneself to not only express through the voice, but also be heard and then, and, and authentically as well, to express ourselves, ourselves authentically and liberate this fear of being heard and seen. These are themes that I think so many of us are on a journey with. And so, this is why I'm so grateful to have you here today because you've been on such a big journey yourselves and you've now arrived at a place where you're supporting others to do this work. Um, and so I would really like to start with hearing about that journey. So how you began your own healing journey with your voice and then arrived at a place where you're holding the space for others to do that. Mm, I love talking about this. Yeah. And I, I, I really relate to you saying that there's a tipping point. There's a, this feeling inside of you that once you step through that threshold there's a whole new world mm-hmm. waiting for you and this is so true because I mean collectively women we are we are all on a collective journey to reclaim the space for us to use our voice with confidence and with ease and be seen and heard after thousands of years of the masculine and men really taking up all most of those spaces where the visibility through the voice is is um, available, you know all those positions of authority, artistry, um, they've been taken up by the masculine, and so we're on this collective journey for women to reclaim those spaces in business, in the arts, in our personal sort of leadership, um, in our emotional relationship expression, so many areas and. So how did that happen for me? What what happened to me to actually start to reclaim the authentic voice? Mm. So there are very specific steps for me and I think it happens a lot for other women as well. And the first point is this when you're a child. You have this kind of feeling inside of you 
like for me, um, a feeling for the voice, a feeling for your own voice, whatever that means. For me, I used to go into the garden and write songs to the flowers and the fairies. <laughs> and, I, you know, I would spend hours crafting these songs and they had to be the perfect song for the, the wild rose and the perfect song for the forget-me-not and <laughs> the perfect sound and the perfect tone. And um, I never thought of myself as a singer, but mm. when I went to a new school when I was a teenager, everyone was auditioning for the choir, so I thought, oh, well, I'll do that too. And uh, so I went along and they were all, oh, oh you're so, you know, <laughs> they made all these noises about my voice. And so I became one of the singers at school and I honestly couldn't think of anything to do with my life. I was so internally lost yeah. and internally confused about who I was at that stage. My my family upbringing was in theatre. My father was mm -hmm. a theatre director. He was a Shakespeare expert and a Stanislavski expert. And so my whole life was surrounded by performers and actors coming and going and doing their things. So the only thing I could think of was going on the stage. And so I trained as an opera singer because I didn't want to be an actor because I mm -hmm. looked at them and I just thought, oh, that, that looks <laughs> way too much hard work. And I didn't have that facility with language. I was very silent. Um, I didn't talk when I was a teenager. Um, not like now, but, yeah, I was very emotionally blocked. So I had these huge emotional blocks and a huge package of self-dislike, self self-loathing, um, emotional frustration. And, yeah, those, those blocks held me back from just communicating at a normal level. So singing was the option. I trained as an opera singer. And I had a naturally sort of fun-loving nature and I travelled the world and it was very successful and I just found myself in places occasionally where there were sacred places and I used to remember when I used to sing to the flowers and this, this sound used to come through me that wasn't opera, it wasn't operatic sound. And so I started exploring that sound and I explored it through um, training as a Steiner teacher, training as a yoga teacher, training in different healing modalities. And I just sort of followed my gut, still being completely confused about who I was. And this went on for a very, very long time. And then when my second child was born, he was on the spectrum. So I needed to be home more. So I stopped all the traveling and gallivanting. And I started to create workshops and from the workshops I started to create programs. And at first they were very conventional because mm -hmm. I didn't know how to marry my understanding of, you know, theatre and, and um, speaking confidently and, you know, the performance element and all those tools with my mystery side, my enchantress side, my, my healing nature. And so there was Confident Woman Speaker, get TED Talk ready, create your keynote. And then I started creating the sound healing programs. And there was the light worker's voice. There was um, the art of intuitive toning. There was song healer, the voice of nature. And I started to really, and then there was warrior goddess voice <laughs> on the speaking side. And then there was the elemental goddess voice and then, Grad, heart chakra voice and gradually these programs came closer and closer to one another until the the balance between speaking 
and sounding started to um, make sense to me. Mm-hmm. And I started to realise that one of the pathways for women to become more sovereign with their voice is to chant and tone and sing and reclaim the mysteries and reclaim those ancient tools of the oracular voice when women's voices were incredibly powerful. They were the most powerful voices in the land in ancient times. And I found that when I get, even it doesn't matter about the quality of the voice, when women started to tone or just make a few sounds or kind of connect emotionally with the goddesses, I work very strongly with goddesses because it's the feminine, their speaking voices changed. The way they marketed their businesses changed. The way they stepped out and created a new identity changed. And so, yeah, it's this interesting junction point of, oh, sorry, I'll just get rid. I had my email up to connect with you. I'll get rid of it. That's okay. But that's how I created um, this platform, the Goddess Voice Academy and all these programs that really speak to women who need to unblock emotionally, need to unblock karmically and, you know, the genetic lineage yeah. of withhold and held back and suppressed and karmic wounds or, emo- you know, this time lifetime wounds of not being seen, not being heard, shut up, you're less than, all those things that we have attached to our voices as women. And we're so sensitive, we feel it. And feeling all of that is really hard. And so, of course, we check out of the body, we numb over those feelings, we disconnect from the body, and the body with the voice is where the power sits. So as an opera singer, um, you know, opera singers love their bellies because those belly muscles are the ones that can really give you the karate of the voice and the power. And when we're emotionally in this state of turmoil or even self-doubt, you know, there are degrees, it's a whole spectrum that people feel, we do numb out, we do disconnect, we disconnect, we go into the mind and we lose our that anchor of power that feeling of power in our body, the substance, the dynamic, the self-identity that comes from when we are powerful in our bodies. And so the Sekhmer training, of course, is, mm-hmm. is it, it speaks to the need for healing and it speaks for the need to balance emotional um, power and to become sovereign or to become freely expressed. So the warrior, the warrior tends to lead. She's what we need, that archetype. We need her to cut through all this wounding, this damage. But then we need the heart and we need the love and the self-love to, to take ourselves forward after we've done some, you know, cutting away of the old. So there's this balance of archetypes that form together to actually give us that true sense of freedom and sovereignty because women's voices need freedom. We are looking to feel free to express, as you said, authentically. And so I went through this whole opera singer career, but it's 
it, it was a part of me, but it wasn't the deeper layer of authenticity. It was, mm-hmm. it was a stepping stone. And I think many, many women uh, need to know these stepping stones. So we develop a certain skill and it's a stepping stone and then we develop another skill and it's another stepping stone. We develop another skill and it's another stepping stone and we go deeper and deeper and deeper and at some point we start to really feel, know, find and embody the core of what we are here to express. You know, our, our uh, the ultimate purpose. There are uh, there are micro purposes along the mm-hmm. way, but yeah, I teach women to actually source that ultimate purpose level, and then uh, it's amazing what happens. They, the people take off. It, you know, it's interesting. You mentioned that you never saw yourself as a singer when you were younger. Mm. I actually wanted to be a singer when I was a young child, and. I haven't made sense of this yet. I don't know where that disappeared. But at some point there was just, I think it was a more gradual and more gradual absolute disconnect from my voice. And I can feel that when I'm doing, you know, doing some energy work. I can feel the connection to different energy centers. But as soon as I get to my throat, mm. there's this restriction. There's the the, the flow. It, it doesn't move. It's stuck. Um. I'd love to explore explore a little bit more. Where was the moment for you when you started feeling that liberation? Um, well, I've had many, many moments and they come in increments. But there are a few key moments. One was when I was at Delphi in Greece and I was 19. Mm-hmm. And I was going on a gap year of adventuring to try and make sense of who I wanted to be. <laughs> as, as we all do. As we all do, <laughs> yeah. And I stood in this amphitheater. There's an amphitheater there, the Temple mm-hmm. of Apollo, and I stood in the keystone. And the keystone in these Greek uh, theatres are fantastic because you stand there and the sound reverberates right to the back of the seats it's it's acoustically designed they're brilliant brilliant mathematics and I stood there and I started to sing um summertime and I was standing there and oh I just felt like (laughs) this is this is it this is this is where I'm meant to be I'm meant to be a voice for the divine in sacred spaces and then I thought well I don't know what that means (laughs) So, you know, you walk away, but you have moments and then another moment with some, oh, um, I was in a masterclass and I was with my teacher who was a former opera singer and she was a World War II star but she couldn't sing anymore because she had a heart problem and sometimes she gets so frustrated with uh, the students and she'd just be, Oh, she couldn't stand it. And she came up to me and said, Dominique, not like this, it's like this. And she opened her mouth and this river of sound came through her. I mean, she was built like a tank. Yeah. And um, and it, my whole body vibrated. Yeah. And I, I understood in that moment 
the power of vibration. And that that sound through the human voice changes who we are, even though we don't necessarily always understand it. It shapeshifts us. It is a tool for manifesting, shapeshifting, healing, awakening consciousness, and awakening self-identity. It is actually a tool that was used by the ancients that we don't really grasp the power mm. of. We sense it. You wanted to be a singer. You had a sense that your voice had something in you, some sort of magic. And usually we see that in, in the terms that we understand, like I want to be a singer or I want mm. to be a speaker or I want to be a business owner. But I think it is this deep call to the power of the voice. And um, there was another moment where uh, my mum joined, my mum when we were teenagers, she ran away and joined this sort of strange church community run by, I have a very strange life, and <laughs> run by uh, an, the most clairvoyant man I've ever met, actually. He was extraordinary and he was an extraordinary orator. And he was standing up the front of this strange little community and he said, I can't, he said, I can't stand it. I, if only you could feel what I feel when I connect with the Christ. And, and he wasn't conventionally religious at all. He said, mm. I want you to come up and hold my hand. And so I thought, mm, okay. You know, I was there visiting <laughs> my mum and I thought, okay, I'll come along and I'll try this. I went up, I held his hand and a similar sort of experience, this river of energy poured through me and it was electric and it was again I know that it was some sort of transformational experience and uh that's when I realized that there was something about energy as well as the voice and you put the two together you put the the divine power of the voice and the physical emotional entertainment power of the voice together and you have something that is quite revolutionary for people so I could tell you more of these sorts of things but um oh yeah I'm curious when I said before that you wanting to be a singer was a call to some divine magic what was your feeling about that I think you're right in the sense that um I was understanding it in the best way that I could. I was looking around at yeah. people that were expressing their voices and a lot of that was through singers. Mm. Um, the feeling in my body when you said that, and which is the same as the feeling in my body when you were explaining your experience with your opera teacher. Mm. It's just this yearning for that kind of raw, open, um, unfiltered expression. Yes. Like I don't think I have ever felt what I know is available, like that freedom that can come out, just that liberation. I don't think I've felt that, but I know that it's there. And when I think even of for quite a long time when I've thought about singers, I'm like, gosh, that must feel good. <laughs> That must feel so good and I want to feel that. Mm, and it does feel good. And this unblocking of the throat centre has been actually a lifelong journey for me because, yeah. as I said, I was very silent 
when I was a teenager and I'm, I almost made a vow back then and I said to myself, I will not, I will find a way through being able to express my truth and speak my truth without emotionally feeling like I was going to destroy people if they felt how angry I was. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. There was that real backlog of um, rage and we, some of us have grief, some of us have rage, some of us have um, despair. We, we have these jealousy, we have these emotions that sit at the gate of the throat centre and I did some cathartic work to try and clear that and that was too rough for me, it was too harsh. Mm-hmm. So I, I thought I will find a way for people to be able to find that freedom and that open the gates Mm. so they're safe when they express because this is important. This is one of the number one tools, um, um, things that women need. We need to feel safe to dare to reveal our power. We need to feel safe to because we become vulnerable when we reveal our power. It's a very vulnerable thing to do. And so my programs are designed to open the throat chakra safely. And it's different for everybody. Everybody has their own personal journey to go on. We have unique individualized souls. We don't have a group soul like the cat family or the, um, <laughs> you know, we have to all go on our own journey towards this. And if women know that part of the journey to their power is, is opening up the voice, then uh, and that it doesn't matter that it takes a while and it doesn't matter that you muddle through and it doesn't matter if you don't understand it at the beginning, you don't even need to know. The voice is a mystery. And so these feminine teachings about this mystery of power and wisdom that, that, you know, we, we grow as we grow uh, our voice is um, I think it's a really worthwhile teaching. Yeah. I think it's a, a much-needed teaching because we come from the perspective of, oh, I should be getting it right by now. It's like, uh, who says? <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, and as long as we master certain skills along the way, and, and really enjoy the, the fruits of that skill and then move on to the next skill, the next unknown piece. And as long as we understand that the feminine work walks with cycles and changes, she is always growing. She is always changing. She is always stepping into the unknown. She is always being initiated. She's always looking for love and she is always needing to rest to gestate and integrate the wisdom and and to die, to think, to let things go as well and to birth. That is her, they're the five mysteries of the goddess, birth, initiation, sacred marriage or love, rest and healing and death and letting go. They are the five ancient Celtic mysteries. And, and so the voices accompanies us on these journeys of transformation. <laughs> I'm really happy that you mentioned safety because I know that, like, I could just 
intuitively feel that that is a for me it's a huge piece mm. um and I have no doubt it's a huge piece for most people what are some what are some of the ways you think that we can begin to even if we're just at home what are some of the ways that we can begin to bring safety into the voice I I think it's very very um I think we need baby steps yeah yeah we really need baby steps um and so I have sort of different theatre tools that I use, but I also use the myths of the goddesses. So you've got a Sechmet myth in this particular um, training and Sechmet is about finding the raw that heals. But to get to the raw, there's often a very big journey. And so what you can do is you can... Tune into your heart because Leo rules the heart. Mm-hmm. And you can start by humming. Just that little kind of cat per hum. <laughs> mm-hmm. That really does sound like my cat. That's yeah. great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then the, the next step is to stop and Notice the the sensory somatic feedback from the body. Don't go into the mind. Don't go into interpretation. We don't need more mind. We don't need more meaning. We don't need more concepts. We need to start to sense who we are. And so you stop, you feel, and then you go again. You know, rolled hard. Use the breath to just let it go. And then once again, be curious. Stop, feel, and then bring an image of the lioness-headed goddess into your sphere of vision. No, ask her to come in Sekhmet. There's a there's a um a chant, Sasehem Sahu, in the training. And that was the ancient chant of Sekhmet. Sa, Sechem, Sahu. You can say that once. And once again, feel, stop and feel. So usually we just go into action. The voice is a principle, in principle. Listening is receiving, the feminine. The voice is actually yang, action, the activity, the masculine. And so to bring balance to the voice, we listen and we take action. We listen and we receive then we take action. We listen mm-hmm. and receive. We take action. And you start to build and open up and then you say, like, what would a Sechmet do if she was faced with, um, with you know, a challenge? She might open her mouth and go, ah. <laughs> do you know what I mean? It's such a silly <laughs> noise. But, like, and then just close, stop. And check the safety. Yeah. Because you, sometimes even a simple noise like that can make us feel incredibly unsafe. Mm. And so then go into the affirmations, I'm safe. It's safe for me. You put your hands on your belly, on your heart, on your body. You touch, you give yourself that touch reassurance. You lean against something. You lean against a wall. You get back up on the wall and you say, I'm safe. 
I am taking myself through this portal of power into being safe to make a noise with my voice that is unconventional. You know what I mean? You get fierce and you get loving and you get supportive and you talk to yourself and then you stop again and you listen to your body. And you listen and and it's so slow, it's so gradual and they're the tiniest of shifts but it's incredibly powerful because we don't listen to ourselves we don't listen to what our voice does to us. The effect of our own thoughts in our body, the effect of our words in our own body, when we step out of our comfort zone and our body and we need to build a relationship between the voice and the body, the voice and the heart, the voice and our sensory power, the voice and our imagination the voice and love, like loving our voice. How many people don't love their voice? Mm. Most most women. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, so this is a big journey of reclaiming our sovereignty and our power and our glorious, beautiful light. It really is. Do you know what's really exciting me as you're speaking, as you're You've named Sekhmet as an as a as an archetype, and there are many more. Mm. It feels like through this exploration of the voice, you'll get to meet so many different aspects and corners of yourself that you haven't yet met. Oh, it's so true. This is yeah. why I love working with the goddesses, and I have quite a vibrational like to me, they're real. Mm-hmm. So there's the archetype version and then there's what happens when they go into your body and you go, oh, oh, <laughs> I feel that. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. And and starting to know them as real beings and energies and with qualities that ignite your own goddess qualities inside your own kind of consciousness and your, mm-hmm. your body and your energy field. Yeah, I love that. That's so great. I wanted to ask about, you may have already mentioned this, but when you are working with your community, when people are coming to you for the first time and you begin pulling back those layers of what's underneath that um, hesitancy, Mm. it's so much stronger than hesitancy, but that hesitancy to share the voice, what are some of the common themes that you usually find underneath those layers? Okay, so absolutely the need for safety. Yeah. That is that is absolutely fundamental. And the the brilliance that like it's like every woman has this treasure hoard inside her and these gifts and these abilities and what I find is that sound awakens memory. It awakens karmic memory, it awakens soul memory, it awakens um, genetic lineage memory of the times when women were powerful. And and these memories start to fill, uh, I guess, women's beings more. And there's these spontaneous shifts. I call them spontaneous miracles. Mm -hmm. Depending on the subject, with the warrior, 
uh, I'll tell you a story. Um, mm. One a client, one of the clients in the Warrior Goddess Voice, um, we were doing the four voices of the medicine wheel, the feminine medicine wheel. So the maiden voice, the mother voice, the wise woman voice, and the crone voice. And she was in her back garden, and this guy jumped over the fence. And he obviously looked pretty dodgy and shady and he was sweating and he was saying, where do I go? What do, like, oh what do I do? And he was obviously on the run because there were police helicopters nearby. And she's very, she's agoraphobic. She's yeah. very, very, very scared. She's like had 10 years where she spent uh, 10 years on the couch. And she said something happened inside of her and this voice came out of her. And she said it was a mixture of all those four voices. And she said, you have to go that way now, over that wall now. And she said she said it with such the right blend of compassion, innocence, authority and mm-hmm. and fearlessness but not bravado, like mm-hmm. truth. And he did. He went, okay, thanks. And went, <laughs> oh, my goodness. And, and she, like. She just stood there and she was like, what happened? Oh, my goodness. But she was so excited because that was the beginning of her realising that these voices were inside her and she didn't have to know it consciously all the time. That when it was needed, if we embody these memories, these, these essences, these qualities, these goddess qualities enough of the divine feminine then we get back up we get supported we get loved we get we get um resourced and so it's this resources that these resources that seem these inner resources that seem to appear um and shift people all the way through um that's one of the other things that happens basically all the time mm. And so people, this is why that sort of sense of sovereignty and ownership, it's not like, oh, you have to teach me something else or you have to teach me something else. They are empowered to speak, sound, build a business, um, talk with their families in their own way. And this is what, it's this individualising thing that seems to happen. You mentioned last time we spoke, mm. and I don't remember this exactly, but I have some notes here, so yeah. hopefully this will make more sense to you. You mentioned having intentions and missions mm. with your voice. So I think you said something that really struck me was like, do you want your voice to be like a sword to cut through, or do you want it to be you know, more supportive and nurturing? Can you speak a little bit more to that? Yeah, that was just great. Absolutely. So this is where the narrative comes in. So I I teach women how to unfold more of their purpose, how to understand what is distraction and what is absolutely their path. Mm. And setting an intention to achieve a certain outcome with your voice is is very important because usually when we tap in in the right way, we actually tap in to the quality 
okay, we tap into two things. We tap into the qualities of voice that we have already mastered somewhere along the line, but we also tap into the quality of voice that is our growth edge, where we are going to realise more of our self-identity if we actually develop that quality. And so setting an intention in the right way through all the three soul centres, not just mind, but mind, heart and gut, an integrated intention for what you want to do more of with your voice, it calls on all those inner resources that I was describing before to actually position themselves and, you know, around that intention and supercharge that intention. So you set an intention and your inner resources tend to uh, organise themselves around supercharging that intention. Mm. Um, yeah, so you can choose, and this is where the you know the theatre comes in wonderfully, you can choose to be a spear that roars for blood. You know, if you want to be an advocate, say, for animal, you know, animal cruelty, you can be, um, you can choose to be a wonder among the flowers if you want to just lighten up the room wherever you go in. Do you know what I mean? You can choose these things for your voice. And the voice, because the throat centre is aligned with truth and lies, like vishudu means purification, what happens is that the things that are not true for our soul very quickly become obvious when we start to work our voice. So we often start working our voice. Oh, I want to do this with my voice. We start, we practice, and then we get to a point where we go, oh, that doesn't feel right. Mm-hmm. And most people think that that's failure. That's not. That's the job of the throat centre. It's it's purifying you. You've, you've tried that and that's like a no. It's like Thomas Edison with his you know, 99 ways to find out how not to create a light bulb. We have 99 ways to find out how not to use, we don't, how our soul doesn't want us to use our voice. And so it's really important to keep encouraging ourselves. Oh, oh, okay, that's not it. Right, I'll tune in again. I'll set another intention and I'll see where that one takes me. Nothing is lost when it comes Mm. to the voice we get to a point where we become wisdom keepers and we can offer that wisdom to others. And is that is that um, an intention that you have for your voice, sharing that wisdom? Uh, yeah. Yeah, my, my intention actually has always been to awaken the voice of the divine feminine within every woman on the planet to bring balance yeah because there is currently an imbalance and there's also uh for a lot of people a lack of um spiritual relationship that is not dogmatic you know a a relationship with the divine and your inner light and your own soul and your own spirit that is um true for you and and also that is useful in an earthly sense you know I I teach people to create their signature soul program I teach them to do a magnetic interview I teach them to create their origin story 
So I, I, teach, I help women with their businesses because we want to be useful. We want to have those places, um, I think I mentioned at the beginning, to start to fill those places that have been void of women's voices for so long and, and they're everywhere, um, you know, in, in personal relationships, in, in families, in, in politics, in all sorts of leadership, in healing, in uh, creating and being an artist. So women's voices everywhere. But I would like to awaken them as, uh, I guess, a un- what I would call a unified voice, a voice that is intellect, emotion. So emotion, feeling, thought, soul, uh, uh, spirit, body, that holistic voice. Mm. And that is when we actually feel most free. We feel most free when we're using our voice as a complete truth. And, you know, that's where bliss comes in. It's just like, oh, this is so good. And that changes from moment to moment. Like in, this is the beautiful thing I think about a soul journey is in that moment, say when you're 25, Mm -hmm. a complete experience of your voice, a holistic experience of your voice will be one thing. So you can have that fabulous experience. Then when you're 28, something else, you know, they'll be, oh, no, no, it's not it anymore. I need something else. (laughs) And then you have another experience of a complete voice that's fantastic and you think that's it. And then you go, hmm, maybe there's something more. (laughs) So, you know, you keep keep going down the path and having these beautiful awakened experiences and awakening experiences along the way where more and more of you gets built into this identity piece. It's very mm. satisfying. Oh, I can I can feel it mm. as you're talking. I can feel that satisfaction. Yeah, I guess that's why I have so many programs to really honour the fact that there are lots of pieces along the way that people want to integrate. Mm. Um, yeah. And I, I really do appreciate how much you emphasize that it is it's piece after piece. It's uh, you're putting this puzzle piece together. Yes. That goes on for your entire life. You know, where it can be so like impatience can be so easy when you're coming from that place of like, I'm not enough as I am. I need to get somewhere to to fulfill this. Aching, aching, yeah. longing, and yeah. and sense of why. Mm-hmm. I was so ambitious when I was younger. <laughs> I was so ambitious, and I was so sort of empty or disconnected from the 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 wellspring of a spiritual wellspring of my you know my motivation. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, I can really relate to that. Ah. <laughs> uh, You mentioned the words oracular expression or oracular mm. channel. Yes. 
Can you help me to understand in greater depth what you mean by that? Yeah. So in ancient times, the women were were seen as being better intuitive channels than men. Um, so there were the prophets and they were very often masculine, but women, women had this connection through, I guess, their ability to need to be intuitive and sensitive to birthing a child, you know, the needs. And so they had this greater intuition and it was well recognised and there were some women who had particular talents as intuitive channels. And that intuitive channel in ancient times is different from the spiritual channel we have now. It was an earth voice channel. So the wisdom of the earth spoke through these oracles and they were, as I said, people would come from all over the world to speak to the oracle. It, it was, you know, people would make pilgrimages that took months or years to come to the oracle. They were incredibly powerful. And as I said, they spoke, their channel, their oracular channel was through the spirit in the earth. You know, earth is mm-hmm. an incarnated being. In, in as much, you know, it just happened to incarnate as a planet mm-hmm. um, and pretty much a goddess who incarnated a, as a planet. <laughs> so they spoke with this wisdom and we as women now, the mistake that I think we can easily make is to think that we go back to speak in that ancient oracular way with just the voice of the earth. But what has happened is the channel from source has actually opened up through the mind Mm. with the explosion of the intellectual soul in ancient Greece. Mm. So the channel is now from source through the central column of the human being into the earth. Mm. And so we can speak intuitively and with this sort of, prophetic oracular um, capacity by tapping into source and by tapping into the earth and by tapping into our own nature, our own individual nature, our own heart, our own I am consciousness. And the challenge with this is it's very complicated to discern what voice is most true because our intuition has access to all the streams of spiritual information that exist mm. our heart can, well, through the heart we can actually access everything so when women spoke in ancient times through the voice of the earth they just needed to build a, a really good earth channel which was easier in those times because we were in nature and there wasn't technology so mm. building an earth channel wasn't actually as complicated whereas now here we are we have to build an earth channel when we're really disconnected from our body and the elements of our own body and we don't sense into our own body enough. We have to build a source channel. We have to build a heart channel through to our own individualised soul and our own spirit as well as the spirit and the spirit in the earth. And that is complicated. And we tend to interpret through the mind 
very easily. So we tend to intuit primarily through the mind channel and look for meaning. The mind is so quick. You know, our minds are brilliant Mm. and, and they're very quick and they want to be satisfied with, oh, that's the answer, boom, boom, boom. And we don't spend enough time uh, getting the full picture of the information through body, heart and mind. I don't know if that's quite answered your question, but so the oracles are from ancient times and we have to be oracles and let's say intuitives Mm -hmm. um, in a new way. in a more conscious way, in a way that is actually so reliant on discernment of energy, like is that energy really my soul speaking to you or is Mm. that my liver which is really kind of angry and do you know what I mean? Like what is Mm. actually, who is speaking? So we have to develop this discernment with our intuition and um the ancient oracles would often go into a trance. They just stepped aside and they said, right, earth, speak through me, and out they'd come. They used hallucinogenics. They used um, they used uh, steam and gases to change mm-hmm. their consciousness so they were spoken through, whereas we have to stay boundaried energetically. We have to stay intact and really holding our I am, our individual boundaries, um, energetically, physically, emotionally, mentally, um, and we're full of conditioning and programming and we're bombarded by so many voices saying, do this, do that. Mm-hmm. We're full of our own inner longings that are, um, we're full of karmic wounds, we're full of genetic kind of imprints from our we're full of stuff (laughs) Mm -hmm. and so this discernment that is needed I think is is our task yeah to start to become to discern to start sorry to discern what is true for a start for me and to sense that with every part of ourselves and then to start to work with what is true for us and to grow it and to express it and to take the time to know it. I appreciate all of those words, everything you've mentioned so much. And that is such a huge thing that's been coming up for me in my life, actually, Mm. really clearing away a lot of what is in my energy field, what is in my mind, what is in my body that is not mine because there's a lot. <laughs> oh, heaps, heaps, and there yeah. is for everybody and, and mm. that's part of being human. Mm. We mm-hmm. are literally in the age of psychology, you know, uh, the age of psychological chaos really yeah. that has been brought about after I um after this separation from spirit. So the mind, body and the split and the, 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 the sort of consciousness, material spirit split has yeah. caused this incredible psychological <laughs> chaos. And, but it's meant to be. Mm. 
Like it's actually one of the cycles. It's meant to be. This is what we humans are now. Right. Okay. Ah, part of my purpose is going to be to unravel the psychological which chaos in my life, mm-hmm. which means emotions, thoughts, um, sensations, body work, soul work, spirit work, um, self-expression. And, yeah, it's like that's what we're here to do and, and to not think that that is wrong in any way. Yeah. We are finding our way to the centre, which is, the, of course, the heart. You know, this is why the heart is so crucial. And um, uh, when we would, I've, I've only done my heart chakra voice course once, mm-hmm. but the, the changes were quite extraordinary um, in the people who did it. And that's when I realised that, uh, I guess, finding our way to the centre through all the noise and, and getting that stillness so we can actually start to hear and discern it's pretty much the work of every human being on the planet. I think so, yeah. It really is. <laughs> um, and uh, I, I guess my challenge to everybody is to embrace that and to, you know, almost like gather your banner and be like Joan of Arc galloping <laughs> onto the battlefield and, and say, yes, I am here to be a warrior of light and that means unravelling my own conditioning my own emotions, my own soul yearnings, my own gifts and abilities, um, my own light and my own voice and and launching it into the world in the muddle that it is but loving it all the same. And I think that what you were speaking to earlier when I asked you what are some of the, thing, the, some of the things that we can do to begin expressing with safety you said make a sound Mm. and then stop and listen yes see what it does in your body I think that's a really great way to begin to discern what is yours not only does it bring you into your body which helps you with that groundedness with that healthy separation but I think when you are listening in such an embodied intuitive way and something comes out of your mouth, you can be like, oh, that didn't feel real. (laughs) That didn't feel like me. Yeah, you know, instantly. Mm. And the level of disembodiment is so huge at the moment that um, where, yeah, it'll, it'll, but it's starting. Yeah, it is. It's starting, you know. There's a lot of embodiment work out there and it's fantastic. Mm -hmm. And so my yeah. piece, I suppose, is to talk to how can you add your voice into embodiment, but embodiment that contains uh, a, an awareness of your spirit within, how spirit works within your body and how your soul works within your body. Because if we didn't have a body, we wouldn't be able to do anything, mm-hmm. obviously. So our spirit and our soul want to work through our bodies they want to take up more space inside Mm. us basically and uh yeah so my my uh, yeah my piece is to add voice to that journey that all of us are on really whether we know it or not and I think that's that is such a powerful 
and necessary mm. piece that I've gotten so much from this conversation. Thank you mm. for that. I don't um, think there's many people that have made the connection between the the difference between the oracles of old and the way we now need to be truth speakers and yeah. intuitive speakers. Uh, that There's a huge gap in that understanding. So the more we can get that out there, that that voice, we're more than we were back then. We're, the human consciousness has evolved and so we have a different channel. Um, it, it's, re- well, it's a really important piece. I've never heard that before. Yeah. And what I was thinking when he did mention that is it feels like there's been almost this pendulum swing of like it was this earth channeling mm. and then it just went to spirit channeling, very disembodied, very like I've heard a lot of stories about people that do channel from those upper centers. Yes. That it like fries their nervous system afterwards. Yes. Like that it really wreaks havoc on their body. Yeah, because you need and to so, be in the body mm. and the body needs to be telling you, no, don't make yeah. that like yes, no, don't let that energy in. Let that mm. one in. And you've got I mean the thing is humans. There we there are actually so many energetics wanting to come through us. Like they're, they're, we're surrounded not just by people, <laughs> um, but but plants would love to come through us. Mm-hmm. So plants' voices, mm-hmm. animals' voices, um, spirit, all sorts of spirit energy voices would love to come through us. And so if we're not discerning and saying yes and no and really, really clear, then, yeah, we can absolutely get fried and we mm-hmm. can get stuck and knocked around. Um, Mm, that's that is actually really common and again it's just the learning curve isn't it mm. you're, you're, do you describe the pendulum swing so beautifully I, I love mm. that oh, I, I've never heard of anyone speak to earth channeling before mm. that like I, I want to I want to learn more about that I need to know more about that that there's is nothing out there <laughs> yeah there's very little out there about it um Actually, no, that's not true. <laughs> no, but yeah, but it did used to be kept in the mysteries, and the mysteries were secret. And if you yeah. revealed the secrets of the mysteries, then you would be killed. So it's um yeah, it's uh, not necessary. The full body of the secrets of that sort of channeling is not necessarily available. Um, to us but we don't need to do it that way anymore because we've Mm. got we need to do it then this new way where Mm. we include everything you mentioned um different plants and animals wanting to be expressed through us Mm. is this something that you play around with do you you know go visit your garden and see what uh voices or noises want to come through i sing to my plants Mm -hmm. And they love it. And I also <laughs> tell them which way I want them to grow. And I explain, say, like my apple tree was growing out over the path. And I said, look, mm-hmm. if you keep growing out of the over the path, you're going to be chopped. So if you'd like to keep your branches, just grow upwards. And, mm-hmm. um, and it did immediately, boom, right <laughs> upwards. And it was like, okay. So it, this is the thing that... There and Findhorn, Findhorn teachings, um, 
have a, the most beautiful body of work about that. Like if you're into talking with nature, I highly recommend starting to read about Finhorn. Finhorn. Mm, it was a place okay. in Scotland where this um, clairvoyant uh, went and her partner and a couple of them, they went to this place in Scotland, this absolute sort of rocky nowheresville place, and they spoke to the spirits and the spirit said, look, we're going to help you build a garden for seven years. It will be like the Garden of Eden and it will create this movement throughout the world. And they did. And the the incredible plants and the vegetables were huge and and the lady spoke with the fairies and they told her what to do and and her her partner and they would they would plant and he would do the work and I mean I'm para- it's really condensed mm-hmm. but um, one of the reasons that they were able to speak to her is because she was very introvert. She kept away from people. She really just had, she took care of her channel. Yeah. And so she was very, very discerning with her channel. It's much harder for people nowadays. This was in the 70s because yeah. our children have phones in their hands almost when they're babies. And so they're not free energetically. They've been bombarded with technology images that fill them up mm-hmm. and so people are less and less free to tune in at the moment it's quite a challenge yeah. and so the more we can step away from that the more we can find time in nature the more we can actually do the work to be still and listen after we sound so it's important to do both so mm-hmm. you need to get feedback on something you need to take an action, then get the feedback, take an action, then get the feedback. Um, yeah, the, uh, it's really challenging. I, that sounds so negative, doesn't it? But, um, yes, this means we have to deliberately seek out the places where we can start to grow the discernment and the sensitivity of our channels. Mm. I absolutely agree that it's such a huge thing right now. I I realized I was shown it very strongly just recently. I went on to an Instagram page just randomly. Um, I was on there for about 10 minutes and then I left. And then I realized for the next few days while I was kind of out and about in the world, I still felt the presence of this person's energy mm. that I, I visited their Instagram page for 10 minutes. I know it's still so in my field. Yeah, mm. that that's and this is this is like we have to be discerning before we step onto social media. We just have to take mm. a few minutes to check our boundaries, put ourselves in a bubble of light and mm. say, I'm gonna listen really carefully to who I'm meant to look at and who I'm meant to interact with and mm. and um I, yeah, we're we're going to be amazing when we really get this. Yeah, I agree. People are just going to be so amazing, and it's going to be really clear. Oh no, I can't do that now, and mm-hmm. you know, just that confidence to say, "Oh, that's not right for me now." 
Mm-hmm. And, and for that to be okay rather than mm, that's a bit weird. <laughs> but, yeah, nurturing our energy and growing into our discernment and trusting that we're not going to miss out, Yeah, that our soul has a certain path organised mm-hmm. for us and we have the free will to step off and on and off and on and off and on. But the the path that our soul has chosen is the path, is the quickest path to our bliss. And most of us are getting sidetracked a lot because it looks really exciting and interesting. I mean, I know I've been sidetracked so many times because, oh, but I need this because I'm not enough and, oh, that looks really good and I, ne- you know, until I started to actually learn to listen I was always burning out, always burning out. Just crazy how much I burned out. Mm. That's that's one of the other things that you mentioned before, one of the outcomes for people who do the trainings is Mm -hmm. that what comes up is how different it is not to burn out and still be able to move forward and grow and, and explore something that you just feel so enriched by Mm. Mm. well I've noticed that through my exploration of discernment a lot in the past year yeah of really clearing out what is not mine what is not mine (laughs) keep going keep going it's like a everyday thing through that I have so much more energy there's so much more of me available and it is so great Yeah. yeah And so women have been in these positions of, oh, just being doormats because we had no choice in the past a lot of the time. We had no, like our voices had no authority because society had diminished feminine authority, female authority. And so, of course, we have a journey towards rebuilding our ability simply to say yes or no. I mean, that in itself ah, is, not is huge and challenging. Yeah. yeah. Like, I was a huge people pleaser. I still am. You know, I still have that programming. And and to say no to someone that I know is not right is, oh, gosh, that presses all my buttons still. Me too. But I have the tools to say no with confidence and clarity and for it to feel really good um, and and negotiate with my past conditioning um, trauma responses. Mm-hmm. You won't be like them. They'll never like you again. They'll never speak to you. It's like that nutty voice inside that mm-hmm. goes nuts when you say no. <laughs> uh-huh. Oh, no, I can't talk tonight. Like it can be, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> recovering people pleaser here. So I yeah. love how the goddess has helped with that. Thank you so much for all of this. Thank you for even, I think it's so activating and nourishing to see someone, to see if a woman especially embodying their power in such an authentic way. And it's such a gift for me to receive and I hope that whoever is listening to this can also receive that as well so just thank you for sharing that 
that's my pleasure. And and it is like we're all on that journey, aren't we? Yes. Every yeah. single one of us has challenges and gifts and we walk between, you know, that we balance those as we were, walk and they go up and down and, mm. and yeah, that deep trust of ourselves is needed. Mm. It's been yeah. so lovely talking to you. You too. Thank you so much. Young, wise woman. It's absolutely <laughs> beautiful. It's beautiful. Thank you. I appreciate that. Mm.